Extreme Vocabulary is not your typical word of the day podcast. On Extreme Vocabulary, we don't just define words, we contextualize them. In terms of their history, etymology, politics, and aesthetics. In other words, we choke on peanuts from M&Ms. Today, we join a conversation with Efren, Abe, Aaron, and me, Josh. Let's say hi, everybody. Efren, how are you doing? Good. Got up at 5 in the morning, did my two-mile run, had breakfast, mm. did a workout, uh, wrote, uh, cleaned up my room, and then drove over here. <laughs> you working through that kale pretty good? Uh, I like. I prefer juicing it. I usually juice it, especially on a morning like this, where I've been. I was up a little bit later than normal, 5 a.m. So, mm. um, yeah, shard also rainbow shard. But it's yeah. a cold, cold day in LA. Too. Oh, not for me. I, I, it, 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 it reverses the aging process when you go out in the cold like that. Mm, okay. True or false? What's are that? We, it? No, are we playing true or false? Like. Are we trying to determine which <laughs> part of everything you said is true and which part is false? True or false, Efren's going to cryogenically freeze himself. <laughs> it's for our listeners to decide. Aaron, what time do you usually wake up? Uh, between 7 and 7.30, unfortunately. Why is that unfortunate? Uh, I could sleep in more, but I don't. I'm used to getting up early nowadays. and mm. you know, It's not always determined by my own schedule. Do you and, uh, wake up like thirsty? Not really, no. Oh, really? <laughs> I usually wake up having to pee. Oh, okay. I'm like, lately, I don't know what happens in my late 30s, but uh, I have to wake up like two times just to drink water. And the first thing I need to do in the morning is drink water. Like, I'm just always dehydrated. You have one at the ready on your bed stand? I need, yeah, I should do that's that. That's a good idea. I always I have one. I always have one, but in the morning, I don't usually like need the first thing. But I've heard that's healthy. It's a good thing to do that. Yeah. Drink RO water, squeeze lemon in it before you go to sleep, and, and drink the whole thing before you go to sleep. Because you might get kidney stones. All right. I was having similar symptoms like the year before. I had kidney stones. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Ooh, okay. Now I drink water like a camel. Like, I'm just constantly drinking it. When I wake up, when I go to sleep, I'm just mm. boom, boom. Yeah. True or false? <laughs> that part's true, I think. Uh, Abe, how are you doing? Okay. What, what time in the morning do you like to wake up? Uh, I wake up at 7. I don't like waking up at 7. You don't like it? No. What's but up with all this waking up against our will? We should all be a I little have, bit more like Efren. Because I have, I have to be responsible, that's why. Mm-hmm. But I sh- the longer I sleep, the better it is for my brain. You need to be, yeah, exactly, responsible to your brain. Yeah. So, um, the kids, kids practically raise themselves, you know, so just <laughs> take care of yourself. Leave them to their own device. They'll be fine. No way, dude. Put on your own mask before you the, put on others. The smallest one is uh, uh, she wrecks the home sometimes, man. The other oh. day she put up uh, black paint on the walls and there was like black paint sprinkled over the bathtub and stuff. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> you have the next Jackson Pollock <laughs> on your hands. I'm expressing myself creatively. Yeah. 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 You know, I feel bad about yelling at her sometimes. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, wait, no. Keep doing what you're doing. You're a genius. Oh, you're sending secretly. Me, you're sending mixed messages. <laughs> I, I think it would be kind of genius if I walked into somebody's house and there was like black paint splatters everywhere. I'd be like, oh, you're pretty cool. Uh, yeah. You're pretty cool, dude. And speaking of cool things, or things that are specifically not cool, let's get into today's word, 
Aaron and Efren did some research, as usual. I, I, I did. mean, sorry, Abe and Efren did some research. <laughs> oh, True or false, Efren, uh, uh, Aaron did research. <laughs> Today's word. Uh, veil? Is it veil, guys? Yeah. yeah? All right, you guys agree. All right. We're going to remove the veil on this word. <clears throat> I'm going to put mine on. Yeah, I'm, I'm wearing my hoodie on. I don't know if that's a veil. Does it count? I don't think so, because the back of your head... Veil covers is... the face, not the head. It can cover your shoulders. Oh. It can cover the your, the back of your neck and your shoulders. No, but then it's like that. that's a reversal. And then, or a shawl. Versus a veil. Covers your hair. Not according to the OED. Okay. <laughs> well, does, can the OED kick, kick my ass? <laughs> Actually, it probably could. <laughs> Very likely could. <laughs> Alright, so our word today is veil. Uh... It's uh, it's a word that has different uh, etymologies. Uh, there's an Anglo-Norman kind of uh, origin to it. There's also Old French, Middle French, and also Latin. Um, it all kind of just means the same thing anyway, though. I mean, it just kind of refers to a garment worn, you know, over you know, to screen the body, spe specifically or especially the head or face. Mm. Um, but it could also mean some other things. It could be a reference to a curtain or a sail. So I think in Latin, it, it, you could use it to ref, uh, you could use the Latin word uh, velum or vela to refer to a sail or a curtain or just some kind of woven cloth. So, mm. um, so it's not uh, just something you wear over your head, right? To cover your head or your eyes or face. Um, it could be those other things, but you know, we all know that specifically, or at least the way we use it now, it just refers to a covering over your face. Or that's what makes it interesting, I guess. That it's narrowed down its uh, meaning, you mean? Yeah, I guess so, because um, you're talking about just basic coverings, which sound like weather, you know, like uh, you might want to cover your head for weather reasons, mm -hmm. the sun. Um, or the cold, but the idea of covering your face, I think, is like a like a weird idea or an interesting idea that we do only for like special reasons or special occasions. Usually religious. Yeah, reasons. it's yeah, it's typically religious. Mm. Yeah, I was gonna say a veil. I usually associate veil with something ceremonious, right? Like ceremonial. No. Bridal veil. Bridal veil. Yeah. And well, there's and then is there another bit? Oh, like uh, maybe when you die or something. When you go to a funeral, right? Sometimes the, the doesn't the wife of the, the widow the, the widow wear wears a veil. Like oh, a the black. Widow. They don't have to, but they could. Yeah. yeah. You've seen those in movies where they have mm -hmm. the hat and then the veil goes yeah. down and they can pull it up. Yeah, so mm -hmm. Is there a baby veil? There probably is. We just it's not called that. A bonnet. <laughs> a choking hazard. A choking. Have you ever seen a, a man wear a veil? <laughs> I haven't. Yeah, because the veil is associated with women. Then he'd be a ninja if he covered his face like that and head. Well, that's interesting. But I, I went to a funeral once where uh, it was the pastor from the church where I grew up. He, his wife died, and he was wearing these super thick sunglasses. Like oh. They were thick and really dark, and you couldn't see his eyes at all. And he wore them the whole time because I guess he just didn't want people to see that, you know, 
he had been crying or something like that. So like that's as far as he went with uh, any kind of veil uh, implement, you know, to yeah. cover himself. Yeah. I used to wonder in that uh, I think it's Top Gun. You know, when uh, Goose dies and then Maverick goes to the funeral and, like, everybody's wearing sunglasses. And I used to, I used to, or one time I asked somebody about that scene and they're like, oh, it's so you can't see them crying. <laughs> so I guess that's what this guy's doing. Yeah. Or because so you can't see that they hadn't been crying. Oh. Yes. Yes. That 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 was a, an Efren kind of <laughs> joke. <laughs> um, all right, so I think we touched on a lot of the things that I was going to say. Actually, you know, there's the bridal veil, and then you know the the fact that it is religious and ceremonious. Let's go down to brass tacks here. Did you research the dance of the seven veils? That's, <laughs> no, that's all I care about. <laughs> no, it didn't oh. occur to me to tell you the truth. Oh well, it should have. Because, I mean, we would have to talk about what it. What are the seven veils covering? Although, a <laughs> veil can be used to refer to a loincloth. Oh. So, the again. The face. Huh? The little face. <laughs> I've never heard <laughs> but, that term before. Yeah. The, the big, your uh, big face and the little face. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, it can be used as that. But, again, we Good night, everybody. We t- yeah. Check, please. Check. <laughs> Um, we typically don't hear it used like that, though, right? Or ha- have any of you heard it used that way? Veil. I think when you were talking about the Dance of the Seven Veils, yeah. that would have That's the first thing you thought of? A loincloth? No, well, I was thinking of covering the bits, you know, you yeah. know, the... That's the implication, I think. The socially unacceptable bits. So what oh. do the seven veils cover? Are there seven things that are being covered? Or is I it think just... it's just the number and just like a number of veils that will be pulled off. And I don't know. From the face? You know what's kind of grossing me out right now, but I think it's it's holding some water. The idea of like the face as an obscene object or like a representation of... Well, it can be. Of, of something else. Like think about what a wedding is, everything that it represents, and then you have the man pulling the veil over the woman's face right before he's going to do other things you know what i mean <laughs> but it's like uh yeah something about the face represents um a person's identity in a, in a weird way well those moments when i have been grossed out by other people it was because of their faces <laughs> <laughs> she looks like edward g robinson no it's just like if you ever like sit up close to someone and you, you know you really look at their face or something then oh, you, you, have, a weird you thing. have this uncanny moment where you realize like whoa what is the face you know it's just such a weird arrangement you know no you've mentioned this before in a different way you 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 get really grossed out by like pock marks and pimples and zits and anything you know not desirable on all of face. which i have by the way yeah no, but, but yeah you project that onto other people when you see yeah. them like, hey, look at this look at that yeah and you're like practically pointing them all out yeah yeah i mean i feel I, i'm kind of grossed out by my own face so you know it's like i look weird it happens Why? to the best of us yeah have you ever gone to like the mall or this has nothing to do with a veil well maybe it does have you ever gone to like a mall restroom or like a like at the movies restroom and they have a certain type of like light like like float like a oh that fluorescent like or, or 
Yeah, and then when you look at your face and you can see like every single oh, imperfection yeah. on yeah. it, it's like the shadows of it, and that's like, whoa! I'm like, I didn't even know I had these whatever moles on my face. The rest, the restroom on the sixth floor where we work, that the light there is very much like that. Mm -hmm. and like every time I go in there, I'm like, oh my god, I didn't even notice. <laughs> yeah, like I have all kinds of cre crevices and yeah. the dents everywhere. You know, it's like, yeah, I guess maybe the mirror is is a veil, right? It's un undoing some kind of veil. Hmm. Yeah, but I'm really interested. I'm like interested in what. Well, I'm interested in the dance of the seven veils. I've never even heard of that. I'm also interested in why. <laughs> it's a dance, by the way. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I don't go to those. Proto scripties. I don't frequent those places of ill repute that <laughs> other people do. But like that. So I'm interested in that. But I'm also interested in the whole ceremony of the wedding veil because I think that's the most common usage, right? right. Like, why does the the groom do that? Like, what's the sort of ceremonial? background of that if, if anyone knows i've never been married i i think other people on this table have why do why do the women have to wear the veil it yeah, almost right. has a like or a cover the face. like a like an islamic connection does it really well it does now I mean, now I mean that's our main political conversation and about the veil it's uh you know it's, but it's similar i mean i'm just saying there might be some cultural crossover in the past regarding those traditions i guess you know mm -hmm. it's like the woman <clears throat> covering her face uh, in regards to marriage and you know in the western culture or whatever in our weddings we do a lot of things that are like ceremonial or whatever mm -hmm. but um, not a part of normal practice but I'm not going anywhere with this uh, but there's you, the veil that you you know it's not like it's completely covering the bridal veil let's put it that way it's it's mesh like you can see yeah. what's going on usually I mean if you see like a sheet like and then just eyes like that'd be really freaky like you don't see that in weddings you know what's kind of funny is like really when you remove the veil everybody's seen this girl right. you're really just like gonna check out their makeup job you know like, <laughs> how the, well did they do this because the groom wasn't supposed to see the bride traditionally before and i typically don't like the makeup jobs that uh, yeah. that, uh brides get by yeah, the way yeah. they overdo it they whoever's be, doing their, their makeup is overdoing it but they like it like the why are you doing it i want to look beautiful they think they're beautiful and it's like no but it's i just, just think that just, whoever's doing the makeup can do a better job <laughs> it's for the photos though yeah 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 it's, it's for the photos and like it's a, a sort of art of it like it becomes something other than like the normal use of makeup, right? It becomes this like art, like this. I think it's it's leaned towards more out more more lately in the past five or ten years, right? Yeah. But before it was, you know, not always. But a little, yeah. little clownish inspiration. Like there's yeah, I mean yeah, I mean there's this there's this sort, that's sort of like layer layered cake caking makeup. Like, yeah. <laughs> God. You know I don't that they're talking about. You know that in uh, oh, certain uh, Christian denominations, uh, women um, do have to wear some kind of veil, right? It's not a covering over their face, but it is over their hair. Oh. And it mm -hmm. does kind of drape down, it's sometimes down to the shoulders or something like that. We have that in Islam, the headscarf, and then we have Catholic <laughs> nuns who cover their hair and wear what's called yeah. a habit. Yeah. yeah. So they have to hide all that sexy hair. <laughs> the hair drives the men wild, apparently, Yeah. in the olden days. What is it that make like, that binds us to some of these veil to the to the veil? Like, what is it that binds us to these ceremonies that seem like mm. they're from way back, right? The veil. Uh, yeah, like people don't think about the metaphor; they just partake in the tradition. But everything, if you think about it, is really telling a weird story. Yeah, yeah. Like the best man, right? 
I think I, I think I, I once told you guys the the best man is to. Uh, oh, right. I think it's cultures where the man kidnaps the wife, mm. and the best man is supposed to be the one to like fight off with a sword anyone who tries to like kidnap her back. Like the best man's supposed to be like the most like. Oh, he's watching the groom's back. The best with the yeah. sword. Yeah, he, yeah, he's supposed to be like the person, like the. It's like it's like a almost like a military position more than like the mm. best. Yeah, like, you're a guy I can trust, and I know you can kill people if they try to kill me. Yeah, <laughs> he's the dude swinging the phallic object around. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> effectively. Uh, what about the metaphor piercing through the veil? That's that's actually the, where the the second most used, right? Like when you hear that metaphor used about like society, we're gonna pierce the veil of society. Yeah, the yeah the weird thing about veils is that they're they're used to cover something, right? But I think that the veil asks us to to uncover it, right? It asks us, it asks for a revelation, right? We want to see what's behind it, mm. um, and that's like the the, the uh, conflict there between the veil, right? Like we want something covered, but we also want it uncovered at the same time. We want it obscure because the veil obscures, right? More than like completely hides, leaves something to the imagination, right? Yeah. Well, I, maybe that's why it's cool, you know, uh, maybe they look better under a veil because your imagination is kind of like uh, smoothing out the edges with the help of the veil. And then when you remove the veil, it's like, yikes, that's a scary <laughs> gonna, makeup job I and I still that, love yeah. you, you know what I mean? Oh, no, I wasn't going to go there. I was going to go with the whole like, uh, oh, she looks so beautiful, the figure, the eyes are beautiful, and then the veil comes off and then you see the big nose and the crooked teeth and the... Whatever, like, whoa! I did not uh, sign up for this. Yeah. Well, I've always had this thought about like what the function of clothes is, especially like for women, because if you see like all the advertising for women's clothes, all of it is always sexy, right? It's always sexualized, right? And so I kind of feel like clothes does the does the work of making women sexy. And it, it, uh, uh, that advertising has kind of worked men's minds or society's minds in general, I suppose, to, su to such a degree that men don't want women nude anymore. Like, we want them clothed because it actually, they look Speak for yourself. like that. I don't know what you're talking about. Speak for yourself, pal. <laughs> uh, that's just my theory about clothes. <laughs> anyway. Here's an obsolete. Uh, <laughs> here's an obsolete use of veil. By the way, uh, veil as the person who keeps watch or is vigilant. So a watchman. Really? Yeah. Does that have anything to do with the Roman velites, who were the guys who chucked spears, basically, and they wore like these look like coonskin caps almost? Maybe. I mean, you're. You should tell me. You're I, the. I you're our Roman uh, historian guess, here. I guess by default, but. Um, I didn't do research, but uh, yeah, veil. Uh, what, what was the term you used? Veils. The, the, the what? The, the watchman. The watchman. Yeah, but what? What is the term? Just veils. It's veil. Okay. There. But it's an obsolete term. It was okay. used in uh, during the point uh, during the Middle Ages in England. Veil velite. It's not veil exactly referred the same, to yeah. a watchman. Yeah. All right. It was a stretch. A I, I tried. Um, of course, and then there's all those, like, figurative uses of the veil, right? Like, you can talk about the body as the veil of the soul, right? It's the mm. body covering the soul or something like that. And that it was, um, 
it was used also in certain liturgy or at least um you know like in I've sermons. I've never heard that before. Well, we're talking about you know re religious you know, uh, you know middle age religious sermons you know and the way they would use the word veil. So, That'd be cool. I don't think they meant this, but sometimes I think about how much our bodies are uh, manifestations of our soul. Like so, if we see each other and like our souls are actually like a more perfect version of our human form we're kind of like fuzzy versions of what our souls look like <laughs> yeah. that doesn't make any sense though but um i think it just meant the covering right yeah yeah like the skin it, it seems like the connotation is 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 guard too though right isn't there something like with both of those versions of veil it's guard that's the that connects them right Sur um, yeah, sur ah, surveil. So, yeah, surveil. Surveil. Oh. Oh. To watch, um, to watch over. Yeah, I, I kind of thought whether the word like revelation also had the word veil right there in the middle, but I'm, I don't think it does. To, you know, to reveal and whether that you know, you have the yeah. prefix re and then v, the veil. Oh. To reveil. But, yeah. yeah. If we go back far enough, it's all connected, probably. <laughs> it, maybe. We can make the square peg fit into the round. We should do revelation and uh, revel. Now I'm like curious about that. Yeah. The word revels or the word. Um, it's not. It can't be related, right? Revel and revelation. Our revels. Our revels are not. Revelry. <laughs> no, revelry. Re, revelry is to to expose one's joy, right? It's to expose one's joy to reveal one's joy, right? Stay tuned to next episode of uh, Extreme Vocabulary for the answer on that one. <laughs> I yeah. like that. I like where that's going. <clears throat> um, yeah. So, anything else? Veil. Yeah. So let me throw this one out, and then later on we'll talk about another thing that I wrote down. But uh, uh, so I said that veil could be something like a sail, right? Mm. It could also just be a curtain. So. Mm. Um, Rend the veil. I think I've heard that. Again, yeah, again, we're talking about religion here. So the Jerusalem temple, um, uh, during the age of Jesus, you know, so we're talking about like AD, you know, BC, know, uh, early AD, right? Uh, so the, the curtain, the temple was divided into, I think, two or three parts, but like that final part that no one had access to, that was covered with a big curtain and it was referred to as the veil. Um, and only the high priest could go back there to like offer some like sacrifice where, to Yahweh. Is that where they kept the Ark, Ark, Ark of the Covenant? Yeah. I'm not, you know what? I don't even know if they had that, the Ark of the Covenant. It might not have survived. By that time like, yeah. already, you know, it might have been lost already. But yeah, maybe they had some kind of like, or like a, a model of it or something. A piece of it maybe, yeah. Yeah. It survived. They had the Ark of the Covenant. That thing had like, it's supposed to have the Ten Commandments, the the manna, and uh, Aaron's rod. Your rod, dude. My rod. <laughs> hey, the it's... rod that grew a flower on it. Oh, um, yeah. So it had those it's growing things. things on it? <laughs> <laughs> that ain't healthy. <laughs> that ain't healthy. <laughs> so the, the arc contains... Too, too, too many possibilities here. I just I don't even know which direction to go. <laughs> Of course, you guys are talking about some other thing over there while I'm trying to no, talk religious we're stuff. Talking, we're talking about the, the Ark, the, the, the Messiah, the, the, our Lord, dude. We're talking um, about... 
I was totally engaged in what you were saying. I had no idea what was going on, but I totally get it. I get <laughs> anyway, it. yeah. So that that curtain itself was referred to as the veil. By the way, so like in in the Gospels, right? So uh, when Jesus dies on the cross, um, there's like a few mir- miracles that take place. One of them being like some earthquake, and then the dead rising, um, coming back to life. But the other thing that happened was that that veil was ripped. Mm-hmm. It like ended up being. I remember ripped in that. Half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, one of those big moments. That's like a moment where, like, uh, I mean, the, the way that Christians interpret it is that the veil was torn asunder by Christ. Yeah, that we now have like access. Like any of us could be the high priest who has like access to mm-hmm. the, the area where where God is residing, the so, face of God. Yeah, you can see God's face. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so yeah. In a way, Martin Luther also rendered or ripped the veil, too, because he provided access to the Bible, which the clergy didn't want in his day. And so he printed it in the language of the people, probably in German at first, and then whatever other language that the printing press could manage and muster. But do you think we could really handle the Bible? I think for a while we did okay. Oh, you mean, are you, you're in the camp of the, the clergy that said that people aren't ready for the Bible. They don't know what to do with it. I mean, they interpret Genesis literally. Who does? People with access to the text. All people with access to the text? Or no, not Jimmy? everybody. Okay. But some can. That's your fear. Some do. Yeah. <laughs> I err on, err on the side of democratizing it, though, because it's not like the church was doing incredible in their interpretations before that. They couldn't even decide whether indigenous people were human beings. No, I'm not saying that they needed to keep it. I'm just saying they should have only distributed it to English majors. Yes. <laughs> you know, that's where our major comes from, right? From the human hermeneutics of a, of a biblical interpretation. Oh, At least yeah. in the westernized version. Because that was the only thing. I think I've made read. that claim to you, right? Yes, you have. <laughs> yeah. We're here to lift the veil. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll be right back with Literature Corner. See you then. On each week of Extreme Vocabulary, Efren brings us a piece of literature that features today's word. And uh, Efren, how long did it take you to find today's word in a piece of literature? Uh, It only took me uh, just the better part of four hours. True or false? (laughs) And and you were just in complete silence, right? While I was doing this? Yeah, you and your research tools. Yeah, I'm up, because uh, that's the other end of uh, waking up late, is I'm also up at 5 in the morning 
doing this stuff. And if I remember, you still use like uh, sperm whale oil for your for your candles, right? To light things. Yeah. And I, but even worse, I use Bing as my explorer, as my um, as my uh, internet explorer. I mean, as my uh, what's it called? Engine. Oh, search engine. Yeah. yeah. Why Bing? Because Just to Al make it more difficult on him, oh. I think. He's because saying. Alta Vista was already like it couldn't find Alta Vista anymore, so <laughs> no more SG. Yeah. So then I just fire up the old Netscape Navigator and get to town. Netscape. You mean go to town? Get to town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. What is uh, your piece of literature today? Well, I have a kind of interesting case in which the title of the poem is our word, the veil. But the, the, the word doesn't actually appear in the poem, so mm. it's kind of, it gives us the work, interpretive work of saying, well, what, what's, what's going on with the, the relationship between the, the poem and the title? Mm. And this poem, it's called The Veil, it's by Dennis Johnson, who uh, did pass away, rest in peace, this year. Mm. What else can you tell us about Dennis Johnson? Um, he started writing in the 70s. He went through a lot of um, addiction problems. Uh, but he did manage to uh, put to, uh, put together, put out some pretty pretty good uh, poetry collections. Um, Do you know which coast or uh, West Coast, West Coast, West Coast? Coast yeah, um, the, the the poem here is from the the collection, "The Throne of the Third Heaven of of the Nation's Millennium General Assembly." Uh, wow! Was, yeah, so that's from 1995. All right, let's take a listen. The Veil by Dennis Johnson. When the tide lay under the clouds of an afternoon and gave them back to themselves, oilier a little and filled with anonymous boats, I used to sit and drink at the very edge of it, where light passed through the liquids in the glasses and threw itself on the white drapes of the tables, resting there like clarity itself, you might think, right where you could put a hand to it. As drink gave way to drink, the slow, unfathomable voices of luncheon made a window of ultraviolet light in the mind, through which one at last saw the skeleton of everything, stripped of any sense or consequence, freed of geography and absolutely devoid of charm. And in this originating brightness, you might see somebody putting a napkin against his lips or placing a blazing credit card on a plastic tray, and you'd know. You'd know, goddammit, and never be able to say. Hmm. Hmm. Great. Um, any thoughts, anybody? I, I think so the I'm first gonna... question you came up with was, what is the veil, right? What is the veil? Yeah. <clears throat> well, go ahead. Sorry. Um, I was just going to say, I, I was... You know, moving from one object to another as in its description, trying to figure out, right, what is the veil? And at first I thought, is he on a boat? Or is he just saying he's looking at people on a boat while he's like on the beach or something like that? I think he's on the beach. Yeah, yeah I think he's on, on the beach. beach. Well, okay. I think um, in a way the title is misleading. I think it's not really about the veil, but it's about what the veil conceals. In this story, which is a, uh, you know, some kind of sublime, or some kind of absolute truth, it's kind of like when you, when you feel like the truth and the reality of everything and see things clearly, 
uh, you see, you penetrate everything. At the beginning of the poem, it's about like looking through glass, looking through mm -hmm. windows, finally seeing something. I think the veil is two things actually. At the end of the poem, it's the napkin that you put over your mouth and the credit card that you put on the tray, right? <laughs> so the, I guess the the napkin over the mouth is kind of like we can't speak the truth and or something like that there's something about you know what, what the mouth represents in words and then uh the idea of the credit card being available is very interesting what do you think that means well i i mean when i the, the, it's funny that you should bring those two things up because those two were two of the most striking sort of images and accessible images in the poem and the other the other connection i made other than the one that you you know other than the one you said is like those are two of the most mundane acts that you can think of. We do them without even thinking about them, right? Like, there's, there's, since when have you heard a poem that mentioned the credit card swipe or the credit card being placed mm -hmm. on a tray? It's something that we do without thinking. So I think in some ways, right, the poem seems like it's trying to gesture towards like, it, it goes through these large ideas and then it ends with these like really tiny ones, like m tiny mundane ones. And maybe it's trying to sort of balance them in some ways in the poem. I don't know. Or saying the mundane is like a veil to the truth or something like that. Obscures the truth somehow. Well, one of the things I thought was the veil was the, what he says about the luncheon, right? That the luncheon, like he sees all these people at lunch or at this time of day, right? And that the noises they're making, he calls it here the unfathomable, the unfathomable voices of luncheon. And he says, these voices made a window of ultraviolet light in the mind. That that's like one of the veils there, right? That, like, that whole scene to him is, creates this kind of light screen in his mind. I um, thought of it more as like penetrating this, the mind. Not creating a screen, but like getting through everything. You know that I mean? he sees through everything, you mean? That like the, the cacophony of everybody... Go straight to the brain, like skips whatever veil there would be. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Something like that. Uh, but that's interesting that you say you see it as a screen. What do you think that means? Um, well, it it certainly sounds like a criticism of like opulent opulent culture or something like that, mm. right? Like. Uh, you know, the, the credit cards and being, you know, at luncheon by the beach or something like that, you know? Yeah. But he seems to be angry at all of that, right? He wants to say something about it, but seems unable to. Hmm. Where he says, you know, you would know as soon as you saw all of this, right? Or experienced it, you would know, but you wouldn't be able to say something about it. Oh. I like the image of the beach of it now too as a, a place where you seem so close to the truth but so far away from it especially in our uh, modern in the way that we've uh, socialized the beach where you're like so close to infinity but also it's the most expensive real estate and you're mm -hmm. gonna pay extra for your latte or something like that and you're the first to go when the tsunami hits <laughs> <laughs> If you're lucky. Yeah. Yeah. If the mudslides don't get you first, depending on you know which part of the coast you're at. 
Oh, he's a West Coaster too, so it could have been like Santa Monica or something. Santa Mo- I'm thinking yeah. immediately Santa Monica, Palisades, Malibu. Yeah, this is what I see. Yeah, well, he spent time in Berkeley. I mean, he he spent time all over the place, mm. but like the, you know, Berkeley was where he spent a lot of time. So maybe the Bay Area. I don't know. But yeah, it's it's kind of an yeah, it's an interesting way to like metaphorize the veil. I think right. And then the last line, or the last line, and never be able to say is. It's almost like, you know, it's like, it's like the veil being lifted to have another veil, right? There's, it's still inaccessible through language, I guess. Well, what's inaccessible? The last word is and never be able to say. So he's like, you would see, you know, when he talks about the light and the brightness, and then, mm. then you would see these, these things, and then you'd know, but never be able to say is the last line. <coughs> hmm. So that which is behind the veil can't always be said or described. Maybe. I don't know. Hey, uh, who who got to get married to somebody wearing a veil? Not I. Mm, not, yeah. No veil, no veil. No. Me neither. It's an old tradition. It's not usually... Well, depends. Did you, because my mom had a veil, I'm certain. I think of pictures, I remember seeing it. Yeah, well, this is in the 60s, right? I'm guessing. The 70s. 70s, 70s yeah. sorry. No, I think my mom had one, too. Yeah. It's like less of a thing now, though, huh? Yeah. Well, for those of you who got married, like, ceremoniously like that, was there ever even a discussion about it? No. Not at all. Uh, the veil? About the veil? No, because there was no discussion of a wedding dress <laughs> for me, so... Oh, you lucked out. <laughs> I think I... I barely remember Liz saying something like, I'm not wearing a veil. <laughs> oh, like nice, that. nice. It's just like, yeah, it's not going to go with the dress or something. <laughs> it's a practical thing. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's fashion. Fashion, it's, yeah. a, it's a fashion thing. Well, what do you think? Do you wish that you had the truth obscured for one last moment? <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> no. No. Not at all. Is there any, I know we're, we're, we're getting towards uh, the end, but is there any connection between lifting with a veil and, and the, when you graduate, you turn the tassel from one end to the other? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think they just need to give the, the graduates like something graduation. to do, or else they'd be like, okay, guys, whatever, uh, that's it. Because I remember you have to write, you yeah. put it from one yeah, end yeah, to the Yeah, that's a thing, that's a tradition, so I, don't, I really don't know where it comes from. I would bet there's a connection there. Interesting, interesting. Changing headgear, you know, at <laughs> key moments in your life. Because just like the salute, right, comes from the knights lifting the... Their, oh, is their, it? Their, yeah. The, the visor, yeah. Yeah, lifting the visor. The visor, show. the male veil. The oh, visor, or the, um, you know, the when we're talking about the knight's helmet. Veil, visor, vi- vision, yeah, they're all connected. There's this, like I said, you go back far enough, it's mm-hmm. all some connecting route. Yeah. I'm against graduation ceremonies. <laughs> I like that you're against them. I think we should be against I just, graduation I just don't attend in them. general. I just don't yeah. attend them. I didn't even attend my own graduation. It's sort of Good. like... Yeah. It's yeah, sort of yeah, like... my uh, attitude about it. I don't care about that stuff. It's like, it's like a bad... All of a sudden, like a very bad lesson that we give them at the very end. You're done. You know, uh, mm-hmm. you learned it all. You might get George Or you maybe you squeaked by, but you know, you're still the same as the person sitting next to you, even though... You know, you cheated or whatever. It's it really <laughs> demonstrates learning as like a, a hurdle or something like that. Or you know, portrays learning as a yeah. It's like this is it and you're done. It's like no, not really. <laughs> well, like the, the 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 background is like you're um 
you're now um, enlightened and illuminated, right? That's why you're an alumni, right? It's like you've now, you now can see the light. You went through a ceremonial process where like supposedly now you can see the light. You're with those who can see the light. Mm. Um, that's, um, that's also, yeah, that's also why owls are associated with it because owls hunt in the dark when, oh, really? when other animals can't see. But like, yeah, so there's this ceremonial aspect to it. I don't agree with it and I didn't go to my graduation. I only went to my undergrad one because it was just so long. It took me what 11 years to get my BA so I had to go to that for my parents but I didn't go to my master's graduation even with threats of my mom saying I need pictures and this and that I still didn't go to either one yeah, I put my foot down on that one high school couldn't get away with it though of course you had to do the whole thing yeah I ignorance is uh, described as a veil by the way you know yeah. the, veil the veil of, of ignorance, ignorance. Mm -hmm. yeah. the veil of ignorance yeah so a lot of people like that. to keep that on yeah all right, well, we'll be right back with our last segment. See you in a second. On each week of Extreme Vocabulary, we like to go out with a jam that features today's word. Um, but first we have to figure out what that word's going to be. All I can think of is a bunch of like church songs about the, ven the, the veil being rended in the temple. There's a song about the iron bar too. In Spanish it sounds better, la barra de hierro. Tell me more about that. I don't know, it's just about an iron bar. What do you Use your imagination. What does that have to do with the veil? It's, it's, it doesn't have anything to do with the veil. I'm just saying, like, the churchy songs can get really interesting sometimes. Oh, I see what you're saying, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, people who don't go to church may have a hard time imagining, like, a bunch of J Japanese people singing about being washed in blood. But that happens all the time at Japanese-American churches. Really? In which I grew up, yeah. I, I thought it was like normal, like that was the most normal part of my week. <laughs> um, it, they're metaphors, of course. We're singing in metaphors. But, um, I would hope. Okay, Veil, Veil. I looked up one. There's a Peter Gabriel song called The Veil, and apparently it's uh, some kind of uh, political response to the, uh, the uh, documentaries that, uh, what's his name? Um, that director. Michael Moore? No, not Michael Moore. He uh, Steven Soderbergh. Got a golder. Um, what were the documentaries Oliver about? Stone. Oliver, Oliver Stone. Stone. You know, the Oliver Stone's making a bunch of like political documentaries. Oh, he is now. I think he did yeah. um, the. Oh wait, is it a more recent song? The 2010. Oh wow. Oh, it is. Yeah, because he did a Castro documentary, and he mm -hmm. also did a. Uh, did Hugo Putin. Chavez or he did Hugo Chavez right or something like that? I think his he's doing one on Putin at the moment. Or yeah, did that already come out. No, it's still in the works. Yeah. I think yeah. But yeah, so so there's, that there's Peter yeah. Gabriel it's appropriate. Song. It's right in the title. The problem is it's, we don't uh, know it. We don't yeah. know it. Yeah. Peter Gabriel songs are hit or miss, honestly. <laughs> Well, and a lot of them have been missed for me, unfortunately. But there's certainly <laughs> the right genre for what we're looking for here, though, right? Oh sure, yeah, yeah. it could work. I think they'll survive here in a few seconds clip of it. 
Oh, how about... Uh, for some reason, um, that song came to mind that your eyes, the light, the heat, your eyes. I like that complete. one. That's his good, see big the hit. doorway of a thousand, the doorway of a thousand churches, I think. And then the idea of the eye, it all has... Oh, and like he mentions a, the grand facade as well. Oh, it does in that song? It's, in, it's in the lyrics, yeah. The grand facade and they will turn without their noise, without their lies. <laughs> I reach out from the inside in your eyes. The light, the heat. You guys yeah. know these songs really well. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it, it live out in the world once, okay? Get your no, nose I out know, of the book. I know that song. I know that song. Get your nose out of the book. I just don't know the lyrics. I think it's hard. I think this one is hard musically because uh, a lot of times music is the expression of the sexuality where like uh, it's not the hiding of sexuality. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not, yeah, no, it, usually it, people aren't singing like in complex metaphors about how people are hiding from each other, but they do, but a lot of times music is just a lot more direct, like this is our chance to just say how we feel, Be and the music itself is like the veil, the fact that it's a dressed up performance is like the kind of security, but you're really just saying something more directly than you usually do. Somebody like Sting, you know, would try to write about veils because he's really bored. I would be not be surprised if he wrote something like that, yeah. Yeah. Then again, like a lot of love songs from the 60s and 50s are like euphemistic, right? They're euphemistic in their lyrics. Oh, yeah. So what does, I got a barbecue stand on my white t-shirt. Oh, wait, that's not a 60s song. <laughs> <laughs> Is oh, that a euphemism? No. <laughs> okay, who knows Why that? Why would you sing about that? Oh my god. <laughs> That's funny. That, yeah, a, bib is, a bib is related to a veil. A bib. A bib. Okay. Yeah. But he said white t-shirt. Back in bib. the day. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's true. He needed a bib. A bib is a type of veil. Back in the That's day. That's a baby veil. There you go. Yeah, and the original use of the veil was as a napkin at, during the uh, deal, the meal. Why but not? everybody had to share it. Oh, gross. No, I'm just kidding, dude. That's ridiculous. All right. Uh, wait, uh, okay, okay, okay. I just remembered a song about, like, kind of the trappings of marriage. You know that song? Uh, Trapping. <laughs> going to the chapel and we're gonna get married. Yeah. Gone. Did you know if there's a veil in that song? You would think there would be in there somewhere, but maybe not. But yeah, it's close enough. Oh, I'm going to check. Let me check if there's a veil. This can be like horseshoes. As close as is all right. That's, you know, Come on, Irfan. You don't got anything off the dome for us? I don't. I can't think of anything. Let's see. You guys should fill the space, by the way. While I'm doing this. <laughs> oh, please. I didn't please. mean for everyone to be speak silent. Just, like, I, can, for you. I completely I forgot about this, and I was reminded to. Please, please, for all you listeners out there who are curious, read um, W.E.B. Du Bois's essay, The Veil. It can be found in The Souls of Black Folk, his seminal work from 1905. It's called The Veil? 1915. It's, one, it's like a short essay you know, or a paragraph in the uh, ch chapter, possibly. In oh, the, I think you're talking about the, the introduction or something like that. Mm, I don't think it's no there, fear. but it might be. Uh, I haven't done extensive research like somebody, so yeah. somebody does and should have. But hey, is the is the veil uh, the same thing as double consciousness? There's a strong relationship between the two. Huh? There's a very strong connection there. Yeah. So you're already getting. 
without hearing or reading it, you already get an idea of what it means. I don't think the veil's in the souls of black folk. It isn't? Uh, at least not according to what I'm reading right okay, here. Okay, don't listen to me then. Just uh, yeah. do your own uh, research and searching. Though, I mean, there's never a wrong time to read any W.E.B. Oh, du Bois. Yeah. So. I got a good one. I got a good one. <clears throat> it's getting hot in here, so take off all your clothes. And the response was, I am so getting so hot. So take off all your veil. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is that what it says? Yeah. What song That's is it? That's exactly how it goes. It's getting hot in here? Is that what it's called? I think so. We should look up Dance of the Seven Veils, actually. That's what we should have done. Is that a song? No. There's, probably, there's a, probably a dance a demonstration a out there. Associated with With, it. like, a belly dancer possibly doing it? Yeah, you could probably find some, like, song that... I'm going to do that right would now. Dance to. Like, veils are not hot, you know? <laughs> like, the face ones. They're very ceremonial. People don't want to sing about that part. But the little face veil. All right. Or the... We're making a decision. What do you want to do? Just vote. Doesn't matter. I don't know. No, say. I yeah. We can go with whatever you decide to. Aaron, what do you want to do? Even if... uh, uh, either veil or was there other option? We got like that song about going to the chapel, which oh. I don't know has a veil. You it got a, song it, it, a check. It, it doesn't, doesn't have, have a, veil. a veil in it. Nah, not that interesting. And either. then there's. Peter Gabriel, which is not really... It kind of had some metaphorical it something. Does. It could work, but we're not like big fans, obviously. Um, Let's just go with that Peter Gabriel sure. song. What do you think? Let's I've never it. heard it, but his type of music would be the type of song that would go with what we're doing. Yeah, and he's kind of like, yeah, messing with the idea of the veil as a metaphor. All right, even though we didn't talk about the veil as a political metaphor, I guess, which his song does, maybe. All right. You tell us, dear listener, by emailing us at extremevocab at gmail.com. Wait a minute. What's our email address? Extremevocab at gmail.com. It's not extremevocabulary at gmail.com? You know why I always forget this? Because we, when, we first, when we first did it, we had this big discussion about it, but I forgot what we decided. <laughs> I know that the Instagram oh. is vocab. I know that the blog is vocab, right? Okay, yeah. look. Oh, Richard Strauss, Dance of the Seven Veils. It's actually classical music. Oh. And, and it comes from the film Salome, which is Rita Hayworth doing the Seven Veils dance. We're going to look at that after this. You should play this. that, actually. Yeah. All right. I mean, we don't know it, but I think you should play that. Yeah. You want to... Sorry, Peter Gabriel. Yeah, you got next... Uh, you got yeah, edged out by Strauss. Well. Yeah, I mean, I... Yeah. All right. Just do the dance. Rewind. Oh. Thanks for listening. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Extreme Vocabulary. Our music is from Arnold Palmer Golf by Tokuhiko Uwabo and Wagyan Paradise by Erika Imura. Um, reveal the truth to us and email us at extremevocabulary at gmail.com. Uh, our outro song is Dance of the Seven Veils by Richard Strauss. Find us on Twitter at Extreme Vocab. We'll see you next time. Thanks for sticking with us this long.